Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I am pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Jeff, before we get into this episode, I think that whoever listens on a daily basis is like, wow, 50 episodes of Quarantine Radio, the original Quarantine Radio, and shout out to It's The Real for getting up and putting that work in and staying up those late hours and doing it. And, and to you all out there who are listening day in and day out, thank you so much. That said, Uh-oh. Uh, I just want to tell people right now, this is going to continue, but for the first time in two months, Jeff and I are going to take a concerted effort to stop for a second and breathe. And so next Monday... Next Monday, we're taking a week off. We're going to take a week off. So that means no new episodes starting next Monday until the following like Saturday or Sunday or something. I'm tired. <laughs> but but I do want to say we're going to keep doing episodes... Uh, you know, this week until until Monday. Yeah. And uh, and look forward to that and know that there's more content coming soon. But yeah, man, we need to sort of not pull these hours and not pull these like mental exercises and, and not pull ourselves out of whack. Yeah. Like you seem exhausted. So do you. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the reality is, you know, we're doing this to keep ourselves sane. And so we deserve well, a break. No, too. the reality is that we're doing this as a as a service for everybody out there who's looking for things to listen to. I, I do agree. Yeah. But you can't deny that like part of this is for ourselves. Part yeah. of this is to like, you know, provide ourselves with work to do with with a creative outlet and to be able to to talk to three people a day. I think I think that part's been healthy. Yeah. You know, it's it's staying up, editing the audio, the video, the doing the photoshopping, getting creative with the gifts, like really doing the extra stuff that because we're a two-man operation gets you to 1:30 in the morning and then you're back up again at seven o'clock to start the cycle once again. So here we are, um, thrilled with the response that we've gotten for 50 episodes. So yeah. shout out to you. Thank you. Shout out to you. Thank you very much. And and uh, like we said, this has been a, a very um, gratifying and uh, satisfying experience. And I hope that it only grows from here. I think what we've created, honestly, you know, every single day for the last two months. And so it's it's 50 episodes of Quarantine Radio. It's also episodes on the weekends with Saturdays with the Indoor Boys. It's it's a classic It's the Real on Sundays. It's it's a lot of material um, that I think that if you guys really appreciate, if you really uh, have not had a chance to listen to every episode, next week's your chance. No new episodes. So go back and check out that episode with Questlove or Issa Rae or The Dream. Or people you don't know. Yeah, it could be it could be our mom. It could be Rembert Brown. It could be uh, Graham Brown. It could be Sasha J. It could be names you recognize, names you don't. Every episode is filled with quality. Um, so I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been a part of this. And thank you to everybody who is going to continue to be a part of this as we uh, take a break next week and continue right after that. Yeah. I also just want to shout out people who have been reaching out and you know asking how we're doing. Because yeah. this is a lot of work. Um, I think that the answer is that we're doing good. Yeah. Also, by the way, it's it's very one-sided. You know, you talk into a microphone, you put the product out there. It's it's not necessarily received. Every person who listens is not hitting us back and saying like, hey, how are you doing? Checking in on you, calling in on you, emailing you. Uh, we're here for that. If you guys really rock with us, you know, there's a lot of different ways to support us. One of them is to uh, retweet us. One of them is to like something on, on uh, Instagram. Another thing is to reach out to us by email or text message or DM or, or however you want to reach out to us and say, hey, you guys are doing a good job or I appreciate you or you're in my thoughts or, or something or, like that. I mean, 
you don't have to like you know be all on our jock no, I, no. Just, <laughs> I i i don't need a uh, validation for everything that we do what i what i want to do is i mean like i want to hear how you're doing i want to um, build a relationship that way. Yeah. And talk about relationships. Shout out to everybody over at patreon.com slash it's the real. Um, that's another way to help keep this thing going to, to show that you're with us as we move forward. It's a, uh, a monthly contribution website where you can, uh, feel like an investor because you are an investor and if you want to invest in some quality material like we're doing here patreon.com is uh where you go and specifically patreon.com slash it's the real jeff for our 50th episode who is on the podcast today we have a star studded episode today yes with jim jones with marcia st hubert and with rich Kleiman. A lot of our friends here, um, all around one virtual table, and every conversation is fun. Every conversation has a lot of laughs, and every conversation, I think, is pretty evergreen and uh, relevant to what we're going through right now and what we will go through in the future. So shout out to Marsha, shout out to Jimmy, and shout out to Rich Kleiman. Jeff, now is the time when we make the phone calls, so here we go. Let's get on the phone with Jim Jones. Jimmy! What up? You know, feeling. We're we're good, yo. So, uh, Jim, I'm sure that you, like us, have been tuned into every single versus battle. Do you have a particular favorite out of out of any of them? Well, actually, I haven't really been in tune with the uh, with the versus battle like that. Um, look at the Teddy Teddy Riley joint a little bit. I think it's dope, though. I actually, think it's dope that they um all these great artists together and having them going back to back. You know what I mean? Shit is kind of, shit is kind of fly, but I haven't really been in, been in tune. I watched Fat Joe, I watched Fat Joe's, uh, the Joper show a couple times. Um, I've been all over the net surfing back and forth and things like that. Um, well, why, why nice. aren't, why aren't you in the versus battles? Like, is there any reason? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have no, no, no uh, I don't know, Bobby, that's my thing. You know what I mean? Like. I've done some great records and I had a good time, but I don't know. Versus battle was my thing. Well, I mean, I mean, even watching. Even watching, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, like shit. I don't know. Sometimes, man, I got my own shit. I'll be trying to get into all my own things that inspire me and makes me feel good during this time of quarantine. And that versus is something that makes other people feel good and takes up their time in in a great way and things like that. Uh, For me, it doesn't doesn't do that for me you yeah know what I mean? so yeah doesn't well, make me... <laughs> jim one thing that made us particularly happy was uh seeing your instagram live with french montana and i gotta say we didn't even know it was happening at the time we watched it someone uploaded it on youtube and we checked it mm-hmm. out from there and we rewatched it and it was just fascinating to see you know your guys conversation two adult men like you know who who went through it for man a decade and 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 talking real shit and and you know that that meant something to two guys who don't even know the half of it, right? And we're watching it yeah. so intently, hearing everything you're saying, hearing everything he's saying, watching your guys' facial expressions, and it just seemed like like you guys had had gotten to a place where you were you're able to laugh together, and I think that was really uh, really important for the culture and important for us. Yeah, it was dope. It was great. To, uh, you know. It's always great to put a put a, to put a beef to bed. You know what I mean? And it's been going on for a long time, and you know, I got a problem with holding grudges, especially with not just the person I have a problem with, but with everybody around them and shit like that. So I had to learn how to dial in and dial back. You know, and 
time heals everything they say and you know enough time certain things pass not everything certain things you know for me as a man and shit like that knowing that it wasn't really need to lead me no way and you know it just made sense you know what i mean i feel good it made me feel good it wasn't for nobody else i do it for nobody else i did it for myself that's terrific yeah. um you know this week also came with the news of the passing of andre harrell um somebody who meant a lot to guys who didn't know him personally, but I was wondering if you do, if you actually did know him. Yeah, I know Andre Harrell. Um, been with him on numerous occasions, numerous events, dope soul, a great OG to the game, definitely knowledgeable about every aspect of the game, especially when it comes to making business and creating artists and creating superstars. Um, he's uh, created so much for so many people to, uh, David to take care of their family and he's one of the greats in the game like he's up there with like Quincy Jones and them to me like he's that type of figure when you say Andre Harrell when you look at his history and who's he put on like he's responsible for Puffy, Mary J. Blah like some of the greatest of all times like you know what I mean so this is going to be a soul dismissed. When you were when you were growing up, and that uptown, you know, sound was running everything. Did uh, did that Mary music and that heavy D music and that guy music and that Jodeci music? Did that really hit for you? Yeah, that was the era that was dope. You know, the guy music was definitely dope. Heavy, all of that, all all the music that he had put out, that whole movement, the whole time, and that whole time and that era, that, that music was something different. It came at a time that it was needed. You know what I mean? It was just dope just to see how our young black brothers and sisters at the time put on for our culture and look good at it and, and make make a lot of money at it and travel the world and you know, it, it made artists like myself wanna be wanna be a star when looking at the early magazines and write on magazines and <laughs> things like that and trying to get cut out posters of our favorite artists and things like that so you know he's responsible for creating that feeling for yeah. me well who was know? who was hanging up in your bedroom walls up in my bedroom walls yeah um i don't know if i had too many rappers up on my bedroom wall but i had a lot of like basketball players back in the day when i was in high school i played basketball but i used to collect all the magazines like i was an avid fan of the source magazine when source magazine first came out i probably was in elementary school when the right on magazine came out we used to steal them from all the girls in the class (laughs) (laughs) jim are you watching are you watching the last dance on espn like we all are um i watched a few episodes of it i didn't get to sit down and really indulge in the whole thing so I think I'll binge watch it once it's all over. Have you ever met you know? Mike? Me, no, I never met Mike. I've been in a room. I never met Mike. Um, who is the who is the basketball player that that you have the best relationship with, like throughout all the years? The basketball player I have the best relationship with. I got Jimmy Green, person like my brothers and shit like that. Um, I mean, Houston Rockets. Um, that's probably the closest that closest I am to an NBA player but I have two NBA friends and things like that so it's cool can you just talk about your workout real quick and like what gives you that focus and that drive to go downstairs and and lift that weight and do the full circuit and really like get into it on a daily basis just I'm trying to stay focused trying to stay young 
not trying to turn into no couch potato and become too <laughs> complacent. You know, it's part of the lifestyle. Today, I want to make sure my lady see that I'm always trying to do something, something in the crib and not just sitting down and letting myself go. Because I would hate to know that she's looking at people on Instagram working out because I ain't working out. <laughs> and and do, you see, do you see the response from the people online too where they're like, yo, if Jimmy can do it, I can do it and like I'm learning something as we go? Yeah, it's a, it's a great response. Like people are very, very interactive when it comes to me posting up my workouts, but they're even more interactive now that I've been posting up these quarantine fitness workouts with these workouts that you can actually do from your home without actually having gym equipment and giving alternate exercises for, you know, so they really, really get a kick out of that. And so I'm actually doing something with Revolt um, where they be two days a week, they be showing um, some Jim Jones fitness segments. It's pretty dope, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the quarantine fitness, so get to really log on and, you know start to get in shape with me so you know, i'm blessed man that's really dope um i th- okay so you you when you put up stuff on on instagram uh you tag people you tag like 15 people at a time like fat joe you tag everybody yeah I, 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 okay so is that like to motivate them and also as two guys who have started working out in quarantine can you start adding us yeah oh yeah definitely i definitely start adding y'all if y'all Adamant about some work. I, I I I hit those who I know be in the gym working out, working towards bettering themselves, or those are fitness trainers, or those are rappers that I know that work out, or anybody that hit, I definitely know gets their fitness on. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very honest. When we started quarantine, we just wanted to like move around, stretch, do a little bit of activity. We started out doing yoga, and that has been like eye opening for us around here. Um, never, never thought that we were going to do yoga and here we are like, like Russell Simmons or something like that. And, <laughs> and, and, and next up we ordered like, you know, uh, fitness bands and we're trying to like, you know, get to the next level. So, so we're going to look to you and we're going to try to like, get some inspiration from that Jim Jones workout, you know? Yeah, please. Um, fitness bands are important now. Yeah. You definitely could do a lot with that. Definitely, definitely get a great workout in with some fitness bands if you you have the right exercises to do. Yeah. Yeah, or even the wrong ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jim, what is the, the, the household chore that you just, like, despise? I would say more washing the dishes. <laughs> Are you good at cooking? No, nah, I don't cook. My lady cooks. I definitely do not cook. But she's definitely a great cook, so I get some good meals. Yo, I feel like now is the time for like everybody to be like producing content. Everybody's got a camera and their phone. Everybody's got the time, right? So if it's like the weather report, if it's, you know, the Jim Jones workouts downstairs, if it's, you know, just seeing what's going on in your kitchen, whether that's like, you know, the cooking going on or if it's you washing the dishes, that's content for everybody to see. Or teaching your son how to drive. Yeah. Talk about talk about how you're going to teach your son how to drive now. Oh, I don't. I have the slightest clue. <laughs> this is my first and one and only son. We're gonna have to figure it out. This should be, be very interesting. Jim, man. wait, wait, hold up. Are you? Yeah. Are how, you a good driver? Me? Yeah. I, I just being just being honest. Yeah. It's like put it all out there. I, I don't know if I'm a good driver. <laughs> I don't. Um. I have a I I I have a, a excessive heavy foot. Yep, yep, yep. Can um, you can you parallel park? 
I, yeah, I know how to park and all that. I'm good at that. But I was, I had a driver for over 10 years. They, my family kind of stopped me from driving a long time ago. <laughs> I had a fetish for sports cars. And yeah. Just a little bit, driving a little bit. Yo, wait, weren't you, weren't you telling us in one of the podcasts that uh, when you were in high school, you used to, uh, you know, take some people's cars and just move them around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to definitely steal uh, Miss Delma's car. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When we were younger. So. Hopefully it wasn't like, you know, dented up when you, when you brought it back. Nah, we never had an accident, God bless. We almost, we had some hairy scares, but we never had an accident. <laughs> Um, you know, considering that, like, we're not able to travel like we did, we're not able to move around like we did. What do you miss most about, like, that that lifestyle, that that being able to to, you know, go wherever you want, whenever you want and and, you know, just experience something new rather than the same old, same old. You know, the freedom to move how you want and go where you want is always a blessing. You You just you just miss some you just miss you just miss some of that a lot. Just be able to get up and go when you want, move where you want. You know what I mean? So, but I guess it all come back to us. There's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with just right now staying in the house with your family and getting close with your family. That's some of the, some of the greatest feelings you can get. Yeah, and how about the idea that you're still a businessman right now and you got to operate your businesses? How's that going from inside your house? It's going good. You get to do your business. I'm on the front lawn right now with my dog. You know, get to do. <laughs> You get to do your business from the comforts of your own home. I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You ain't got to worry about no impressions. You ain't got to worry about dressing. You ain't got to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's pretty good. I, I, I definitely, definitely need some more of this. Even when we go back outside, it's not have to rush the city so much and really get work from the confines of your own home. Yeah. yeah. And that's really being comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how are your neighbors, by the way? My neighbors are quiet. That's good. Uh, that's good. Uh, I've seen one of them. I haven't seen the other two. We, uh, and, you know, if you, it's a Chinese neighborhood, so a lot of the neighbors are stuck in their house. You hardly see them. If they come in, they come in through the garage, and that's that. Yeah, Jim, we got this. Uh, you know, you, you've been to our old apartment, our tiny apartment, when you said we were living in the kitchen. You've been to our new apartment, which is bigger. We got the taller ceilings and all that, but still... And listen, I'm so much happier being in this new apartment than the old one. You know that. But in this new one... We got neighbors upstairs who I don't know whether it's like jumping jacks. I don't know whether whether they're doing like jump rope or aerobics. But every night at six o'clock for an hour straight, yeah, it's going down. It's going down. Yo. That's how they celebrate the frontline workers. <laughs> so, so is there any way that we can go up there like masked up? I don't know if we bring a baseball bat. I don't know what we do to get them to just give us a break. Mm, if it was, a, if you would have said it was eleven o'clock at night, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> six, six o'clock, eh, you can't really a person at six o'clock. You gotta kind of gauge it, Yo. you know what I mean? Yeah, Jim, uh, it's it's a weird time creatively. I think a lot of people out there are struggling to find their voice while they're inside, and, and that, like, let's be honest, there's a heaviness outside. This is real shit. Eighty thousand people have died. Everyone knows someone who's gotten the virus. Like, it's not it's not the easiest way to uh, to you know put out new music and have it be upbeat. What is your creative process like right now, and where's your head at? My head is all over the place. My head is like, should I be rapping about owning every record? Should I be rapping about, or how could I rap about the uh, luxuries in life? Because nobody's outside and nobody's living luxurious. Or it, it's just it's art. So you know, 
just gotta put it there. People still love music. Like, you know, right? music is about feeling that you create for people. Stop eating that, man. Stop, 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 stop. stop, stop. That's, Move, stop. That's, <laughs> that's your dog? dog? Is bad, man. <laughs> fucking pit bull. This nigga's bad. <laughs> what is he eating? It's one of these fucking acorns from in the fucking yard. Wait, does he listen to you? Yeah, he listens. He be scaring all the poodles and shit. <laughs> Yo, this is the content that we need. I, I feel like. Stop. I feel like your son needs to follow you around with a camera. This is amazing. Give me this. Give me this. Stop. <laughs> this Stop. honestly could be me listening to you teach your son how to drive. Like, do you think <laughs> that you're going to be patient with him? This nigga is crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Jim, uh, we were talking to a friend last night in the in the business, and she was. we were like, yo, is this idea of how people you know, would rap about – uh, like street experiences is is that necessarily over when we come out of this because not many people are really outside and she was like listen the hunger remains right you can still talk about like the lengths that you will go to to feed your family and to survive and that is what will carry the streets forward is that how you think as well well the streets is always going to be the streets the streets they never stop moving legal activity is illegal activity that form of life is never going to stop moving man it comes to drugs, people need drugs. They need they need what they need, and quarantine ain't gonna stop that. And hustlers know that, so supply and demand is at all times. Yeah, yeah. So when we get back outside, they still gonna be supplying and demanding. We think anybody getting they fix right now? Everybody getting they fix from matter what the cost is. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Um, by the way, I was looking on your Instagram, and I I really just like I wanna I want you to to talk about this because I really respect it, and I I love that you did it. Um, you were texting with some friends who were uh, up north, and that you were telling them like how to keep their cell uh, disinfected. You were telling them how to make masks out of whatever they have. So, can you just talk about like how that all happened? Oh, uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine. Uh, it's locked up, and he was saying how they really ain't doing nothing for them. They don't give them no masks. They don't give them no disinfected. They don't give them nothing. And a few days before, I had seen something on Instagram or YouTube where a lady had put up a sock and then cut a sock in two different places and turned it into a mask. And I'm like, if all else fails, y'all got socks in there. You know what I mean? And then disinfected, I was like, shit, toothpaste is probably one of the illest things that you could clean with for, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like shit, you mix that with some soap and some water. Y'all in there, y'all creative, y'all can make up a mean conjoc- concoction of what you could use right now to kind of clean your cell, clean around your doorways and shit like that, kind of just, you know what I mean? And if you put the rest of the gel onto it and shit like that, if nobody want to die, then I guess they would use some of this info that I'm giving you. And seeing it be doing pretty good, he texted me back like, yo, got the whole yard on it. So everybody had their little mask and shit like that so it's dope and it wasn't yeah. even a sock it seems like they figured out another way to finesse the finesse the mask after i gave them the idea on how to finesse it so that was even better i mean i i, I love it yeah. yeah shouts to you for that jim uh and just generally your spirits are good yeah my spirits are good i can't complain you know yeah yeah just trying to stay safe trying to keep my family safe I don't want nobody to be out here in the streets and get sick or anything like that because it is a serious thing. But for the most part, 
I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's that's really good to hear. It's it's wonderful to hear your voice, Jim. Uh, we're sending all our love to you and yours. Stay safe, stay inside, and uh, stay on top of that dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and good luck <laughs> teaching your son how to drive. Yeah, yo, Jim, we can't wait to hear about that. Good luck with that. Don't hit no no light poles or anything. Yeah, all three point turns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Parallel parking. Uh, Jim, we'll look forward to those workouts. We'll see you on Instagram. And thanks for everything. And and uh, keep your voice going, man, because your your voice, as we tell you every time, it's one of a kind. We think everything you touch is gold, and you have some type of creativity that is like just beyond everybody else. And uh, so more and more content is is only to your benefit. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Jim. Thank you, brothers. I'll see y'all soon. I'll talk to y'all soon. And now, Jeff, let's get on the phone with our friend, Marcia St. Hubert. Jello. <laughs> Marsh! What, what up? Yeah. <laughs> Marsh, okay. you're awake. You're functioning. Fucking... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was August. I know. Shout out to August. Marsh. I've been awake since fucking 5 a.m. This yo. is what I don't understand. I mean, look, listen, I get, like, not sleeping. I get, like, weird sleep schedules. Uh, we just talked about this last night when we were on the phone with you. I know. And, then... and I went to bed. I went to bed. I laid down. I probably fell asleep around 1. And then I woke up, like, 4. And I was just laying there, like, squeezing my eyes closed. And I was like, <laughs> fuck it. Let me just get up, take a shower, and get an early start in the oh, day. That, isn't that the worst, by the way, when you commit? And then it's like, it's... fuck it. Yeah, cause and I sent I sent like thirty emails before eight a.m. Everybody was like, "Uh, are you okay?" Yeah, like what? Like, yeah, you know, just want to get a start on the day like a fucking bozo. <laughs> Marsh, uh, happy, rising grind. Happy belated Mother's Day to you. Thank you guys. Um, we did wish you a a happy Mother's Day on Mother's Day. I just want to say to the audience, you yeah, did. I'm saying that today is post yes. Mother's Day. Uh. In this time when you are around your family all the time, when you are working all the time, when you are putting so much effort into 24 hours a day, what what did you want out of a Mother's Day? This year or just in general? This year. Honestly, I just want not to be left alone, but just like <laughs> don't ask me for nothing. Like, because... Now that I'm working from home, like I'm working two jobs because, yeah, I'm doing conference calls and Zooms and Microsoft Teams and all of that shit. But then there's homeschool and then there's cooking breakfast and lunch and dinner. And can you can we snuggle and can we take a bath and can we watch a movie together? No, I don't want to watch a movie <laughs> with you. I don't want to give you a bath. I don't want to do anything. So I literally I think for the majority of the day I laid on the couch and drank champagne. So I would drink champagne, fall asleep, wake up, drink champagne, and fall asleep. That was a good Literally. day. That was a good That's day. That's what I did. Yeah. Marsh. I was fed, even though it was takeout, but I was fed and I didn't have to cook. I was See, fine. I mean, that's really nice. Where'd you get takeout from? Oh, Harlem. <laughs> How about that? Oh. Went across the bridge. There you go. To get takeout from Harlem. Marsh, since you have been working at home these last two months uh, and you miss out on the things like you know, working with other people around the office, you miss, you know, laughing with other people in the office, you miss the wins that you get from the work that you put in at the office, or even, you know, going to concerts or going to award shows, just being outside. What mm -hmm. every day inspires you to keep going work wise? I mean, getting this motherfucking paycheck. Okay, besides the money, <laughs> besides the money. No, to be honest, like, we still have shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's different, but there's still work to do. And I think, like, this is the most, um, I don't, difficult is not the word. This is the most, 
change I think the industry's ever experienced as a whole in a really long time. Usually like changes come where it's like, oh, we're going to physical to the download, from the download to the stream. This is the first time the whole entire industry has to adapt so quickly to a new environment. So every day you're thinking of like different ways to continue this conversation. Because our artists still have to sell records. You know, there's no touring, there's no video shoots. So many of our partners are out of work. So finding other ways to continue to stimulate this business, like that shit keeps me up at night. Maybe that's why I can't sleep. Yeah. Because it's really, because it's fucking really hard of all because you work with all these people all this time and then i'm talking about like you know whole production crews aren't shooting glam team isn't working there's no hair no makeup no styling the drivers don't have no driver did nobody to take around travel agents aren't booking travel it gets down to like the minutiae of people who really help make this shit work so continuing to make the business thrive in a way that we can continue to give back to them somehow is important to me every day outside of of course continuing to sell records yeah yeah i mean like do your artists get it um i don't think that they really get it yet and i don't think that especially for the like the bigger artists i don't think they're really gonna like feel it probably until the like they really realize that touring is not coming back anytime soon that's serious like you're okay you're gonna make an album and you're gonna put it out and all of the things that you never wanted to do before are not even available to you there's no late night television there's no video shoots there's no magazine covers there's no tour there's no promo there's no going to the breakfast club and cursing charlamagne out <laughs> it's none of that shit there's none of that shit so all of the shit that they were like i don't want to do it, i don't want to do it i think it is going to hit them at one point where it's like wow, I just worked so hard on this body of work and I don't even have an outlet to talk about this baby that I just birthed. I think it's going to hit, but a little bit later. Marsh, you are a uh, industry-renowned marketing executive. You are somebody who is extremely creative when it comes to rollout plans, when it comes to uh, making records go. How involved do you typically want an artist when it comes to ideas? And especially now, how involved do you want your artists? No matter what's happening, I want my artists involved all the time. I'm not the artist. It's not my face. It's not my name. It's not about, you know, yes, I have an opinion. Yes, I have a thought. But what I like and what I think is great may not be what the artist likes and thinks is great. So at the end of the day, talent has to feel good about their product. I could think it's fucking phenomenal. But if talent doesn't feel good about it, it's going to come across that way. So, like, the more they're involved, the more opinions they have. I don't give a fuck if we argue every day. As long as at the end of the day we come to a product that they feel good about and they're proud about, I'll be happy for them. And then we can all jump out the window together, holding hands, and hope we land on something soft. <laughs> but, if, like, the, the artists who are not involved, it makes it just that much harder. Why do you, Why should I give a fuck if you don't? Did you find that out ever the hard way? Did you bring up an idea that you thought was the one and then an artist is like, do you even know me? Um, I don't even get, do you even know me? <laughs> I get, <laughs> really, Marsh? <laughs> um, I get really, Marsh. I get, 
um, oh, like Wiz's favorite thing to say to me, he tells me I'm old all the time. <laughs> no, that's well, it's mad old, Marsh. Come on, I'm just like out of really? touch. Not that old, like, like, and it's just like nobody's doing that anymore. Or, but it's like it's part of the conversation. Like, if I came to somebody and they always said, "Yeah, Marsha, all of your ideas are the best," then you know I wouldn't be pushing myself to be more creative. It forces me to like try different things and to not be the same type of marketer every single time. Yeah. If you look around and like you get to the point where it's like you're mass producing this creative across the business. So it's important to me with my artists, because you were talking about you're talking about Cardi B, Kodak Black, Wiz Khalifa, Lil Uzi Vert, Meek Mill. I mean they run the gamut completely different so we need to i need to make sure that every time i come with with it come up with an idea it works for them it yeah. may not work for nobody else but it works <laughs> for them though i was just watching the uzi clip of him freestyling with that kid at the gas that was station so dope. it was, so, was dope. so dope i was like i wish that somebody else could like i wish that there was like another thing that would come out of it and it's like no it's, it's special on its own like there's nothing it that is. you can you can like, copy from it don't get me wrong. I think it's an amazing idea. I'm with you. I would love to see other people do that. But, you know. Yeah, but then it's inauthentic. They got to like know you, how to rap, though. But also, That's it's just problem. like, it, it's so organic. It just happened. Like, you just That's can't set artist, that shit up. Though. It's a real artist? you love this thing oh, for real? I didn't know if, like, the kid was. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, from Marsha means Uzi is a real artist <laughs> I mean, to be yeah, able to do that on, yeah. the, like, on a whim. Also, can I just say? He's a real talent. He's a real artist. Like, you don't have to force him to rap. You don't got to force him to go to the studio. Like those kinds of guys who just like like to rap for fun or like actually enjoy this this music. You feel it when they make their records. That's why yeah. their records are so good. By the way, uh, Uzi's hair has grown so quickly. Like so, I, um, you know what? I it's probably the quarantine time. Yeah. So no, that, that, is, that, that doesn't make your hair grow faster. <laughs> My yeah, feeling was I was just like I wonder if it's like clippings or something. I mean maybe. First of all, black people don't wear clippings. Relax, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yo, you said that man's wearing clippings. You on. can see the clips. Last, <laughs> last, last night, Marsha facetimes us back. I jump on first, and she just like was caught so off guard by my hair. So much hair. It's grown so, very like, quickly. The tendrils. I mean, the locks <laughs> the were so luscious. Just tendrils the, everywhere. The clippings. Like, clippings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Marsh. Uh, yeah, my clippers are coming on Tuesday. Very uh, excited oh, for that. Oh are you gonna cut your own hair? Yeah, unless Eric. Shut I, the I, fuck I might no, ask Eric. That's to the do craziest it. thing, Marsh, is that Jeff has never in this entire time asked me if I would be willing to cut his hair when the clippers come. This has always been. I'm gonna call my barber. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. I'm FaceTime. going to. I'm look gonna in FaceTime. the mirror and try to do this myself. Yeah. I have to see this. I gotta see this. We should make this like. A, a specific Instagram moment. No, it should be for people. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah, for I our want Patreon it in 60 users. Seconds, yeah. though. I don't want a 20 minute haircut. I want a 60 second cut. Well, you, okay. Wait, yeah. you want me to fuck it up? <laughs> 60 seconds. You I'm can do sorry. It. Yeah, 60 seconds. Yeah, let me just like run to the uh, super cuts. <laughs> Marsh, can you talk about how. Sit in a fucking, uh, <laughs> you know, race car chair. How quickly or how slowly time has been moving for you? It's a little bit of both. I feel like my nights are really long because I'm getting no sleep, but my days are like it. Somebody hits fast forward somewhere between ten thirty and three. 
because every day I look up, it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I make two phone calls and send two emails and do one Zoom in a fucking meeting. And I look up, it's just like 3, 3.30. <laughs> someone's skipping. Someone's pressing fast forward on that part of my day. But then in the evening, it's dragging all night because I'm like, I could watch five episodes of Ozark right now <laughs> and still be awake. Um, our friend David Cho yesterday on, on Twitter said my ranking that no one asked for of the hours that go by fastest lately he said the number one time that goes fastest is 9 to 11 a.m for him then 3 to 5 p.m then 10 p.m to 12 a.m and then on and on from there but uh i just it's no i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go 11 to 3 mm-hmm. and then like 4 30 to 7 are the quickest yeah no 11 30 to 3 and then like 5 to 7 those two windows of time i think the universe is moving on time and a half and no one told us does that mean that at seven o'clock when you sit down to dinner you're relaxed and you can have like an endless sort of champagne enjoyment no 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 because if i'm not because if i'm just stopping at seven o'clock that means that i'm going to start cooking at seven o'clock i don't want to be eating at seven o'clock I don't want to be cooking at seven o'clock. I want to be eating at seven o'clock. Mm. So now I feel frazzled because I'm rushing to make dinner for my family because my son goes to bed at seven thirty. So he'll be like, "Mommy, I'm hungry. I'm hungry." And I'm like, "Why the fuck does he keep telling me he's hungry?" Oh, because it's seven o'clock. Well, also because he's hungry. <laughs> like I feel like there's a disconnect here. Like, Your child is saying that he's hungry because he's hungry, right. not because exactly, of what time it but is. But I'm just thinking he's exaggerating because he's always hungry. He always wants something to eat. And he, by the way, he, he never goes to bed. Like, yeah, <laughs> goes to bed at seven thirty. He's he was awake last night at like ten. First of all, don't <laughs> okay? But he knows the rules. Seven thirty bedtime. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, another thing we talked about last night, Marsh, was that you are going to sort of pull back on your exquisite menu at home. You are. Yeah. You're, you're not here. Niggas going to die. <laughs> you're not here for pancakes every morning. Yeah, we can't have pancakes every morning. We can't have steak three times a week. We can't have potatoes all the yeah, time. Yeah, you got to like add rice. some vegetables, some acid to your diet. There you go. Yeah, we got to, like, I do have a vegetable in there, but I need more salads. I need, like, a lighter breakfast. Like, I can't be having pancakes or French toast or plantains and ackee and saltfish for breakfast on a fucking Tuesday. No, you got to <laughs> like, get some. You got to uh, save that for the weekends. Got to right. get some and parfait. Then, like, oh, you know, <laughs> add some granola. Yeah, like, like white on the weekend, you know, Clippins. oatmeal and like you know ricotta cheese with um. By the way, I hate ricotta cheese. I'm not a ricotta cheese I fan. I white people love that. No, I, don't, I mean, I mean like, maybe, no, no, maybe they do. Ricotta cheese. No, ricotta cheese goes in the thing, right? In the in lasagna. The, uh, lasagna, right? What's yeah. What's the other white cheese? Oh, cottage cheese, which is even grosser. Cottage cheese. Yo, even one. grosser. That that's some super white shit right there. Y'all love it. Y'all. Y'all love it. First of all, yo, <laughs> I'm clearly telling you, I do not love it. <laughs> Y'all are currently speaking for all of the whites. The oh whites my god. Love cottage cheese. Yo. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> y'all love that shit like y'all love avocado toast. You, I, I love. I, I hate avocado for for the record. Uh, no, that one I I will enjoy. I, I love putting mayonnaise in, <laughs> in the potato salad. There you go. Yeah, um, all of that. No, that's me, Marsh. Uh, Mr. Stop. White, Mr. White. When it comes to Clue, <laughs> Mr. White. When it comes to Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yes, Mr. White. <laughs> 
Mars, how does how does vacation work for you? Is there a vacation? Are you able to take a vacation? What does a vacation look like? Okay, so you know, usually, you know, you don't know people. If people who know me know, this is about when I start planning my Christmas vacation. Mm -hmm. We know that we don't play we don't play around in these parts, right? right. <laughs> um, we just got word that we got summer Fridays off, which is important in our business. Okay, question. So, what it, yeah. what it, what is summer anymore? <laughs> what it, what are Fridays exactly. anymore? So, and I didn't feel that ripple of joy that I usually feel in my chest. It didn't hit the same way. Yeah, now it's, it's more of like, like a heart attack. <laughs> Yeah, like, what am I supposed to really be doing? But I'm not planning on getting on a plane. That's what I decided. Right. But I realized that, yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't drive. Mm. So we're looking at a road trip. Wow. We're probably well, going to drive to Miami to see my brother and his wife and his two kids. And we're just going to take it slow. We'll I don't care if it takes us three days. We'll just drive yeah. and just... You know, make yeah. the most. Well, of I mean, it. like we came from a, a a family where road trips were like super important. You yeah, know? like growing yeah, but up. You guys drove like you guys drive like cross country. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. So my question is, now that you're going to be driving cross country, like, what's the longest time that you spend in a car? Wait, wait, you broke you broke up. What you say? Now, like Eric and I, we would we would grow up. We we drove cross country, but like, what's the longest time that you have spent in a car? Um. Uh, to be completely honest, maybe a couple of years ago. First of all, I've driven to Miami before when I was a kid, like back in the days when like that's what people did. Yeah. But as an adult, we drove to Atlanta and back, which is a 12-hour drive. And and August is a baby. He was only like he might have been like two, one and a half, two years old. So that 12-hour drive turned into like a 20-hour drive. Because we had to like stop and deal with him, but that's probably the longest we've ever done. Stop it. and deal with him. <laughs> yeah, this is your child. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what's sad is that uh, you know I think we talked about this last night too. You get used to to your environment now. You get used to your routines. This becomes the new normal. Okay. Yeah, it, I, it really. I hate that term, but it really is. That's that what. Now. That's what we're living in. But. Yeah. Let's say you, you do go on vacation, you drive down to Miami and you take your time. That means you're getting out of the car, you're going to a hotel, you're going but but that's, you know, masked up. That's taking precautions. I don't know if I'm officially like checking into a hotel, to oh, be completely honest. I, yeah, that there's a danger in that too. But, but really? I Oh I like mean, sleeping in the truck stop? Well, no, it's, it's that, like, everything has to be, like, sanitized and shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if I'm going to stop in a hotel. I might pull into a rest stop and, you know, lie down for five hours and then pull back out. I mean, that sounds scary as well. I, I don't know. There's, Why? Uh, who sleeps in a rest stop? Resters. <laughs> That's what it's made for. I guess, it's yeah, it's, yeah. named that for a reason. Yes, when I think of rest stops, I think of very safe areas. You're Marsh, right. Marsh, when I... <laughs> When I was when I was growing up, uh, actually, I was probably like in college. But uh, my dad and I drove to a neighboring town called Portchester, and they had these banners up celebrating like the 150th or 200th anniversary of the founding of Portchester. And I looked up and I was like, "Why is there like a, a, a sailboat on that on that banner?" And my dad goes, "Port Chester." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah." So same thing with Sorry. rest stop. I'm just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. rest." rest. Stop. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's better than just saying, "Hey, let's pull over at the bathroom." <laughs> right? We, you know, you wash your hands. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes to the bathroom, get a late snack, tilt the seats back, turn the heat up, and nap for five hours. Oh. Uh, Marsh, how do you yourself 
decide when the workday ends? Like, how do you get personal time and turn your phone off or theoretically turn your phone off or let people know that, you know, your time has been passed? Well, it's easier for us because our chairwoman called that shit early. Do you guys hear that sound? Or is that Kim? Do you have any crazy? Sorry. No, we're good. Like, we Was it, it white we noise? It. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that is what we should call our podcast. <laughs> white noise. White noise. <laughs> no, we called it at the beginning, like, and said as a company, we don't want to wear people out. We don't want to wear staff out because people are so, like, when you're sitting at home, you'll be working forever. We called it. We said 7 o'clock is the end of the day. Period. We end at 7. Now, how good we are at that? It fluctuates, but I think saying that out loud and having the corner offices say it to you, like when Julie and Kaiser are saying, yo, the day is over at 7. When Julie, if you call Julie at 7.15 and she's like, why are you calling me mm-hmm, right now? Mm-hmm. This can wait t- till tomorrow. It gives you a sort of mental freedom to let go on your on your side as mm-hmm. well. Is it successful every day? No. But you know you have that option to be like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I could pick this back up tomorrow. It's not important. I could deal with it tomorrow. So I fluctuate. Like last night, I was working till 10, 1030. Mm-hmm. It just was one of those days. But I also started a little later. Last night, yesterday morning, I was kind of down until like 12 or 1. But then I ended up going later. So, you know, you just fluctuate your day and make it make sense. Yeah, today you made up for it by starting at fucking 5 a.m. So, Dumb yeah. early. <laughs> so I should be done by fucking noon, for real. <laughs> Marsh, we love you. Take care of yourself. Uh, we'll be checking in. Love you guys, in. too. Be safe. I have one question for you guys. Yes. Right? Right now, right? What's more annoying, right? The more The more annoying term. It, do you dislike what is that shit? The uh, the stay at home order versus in these uncertain times. Oh, uh, I, I, unequivocally, <laughs> it is the latter. I hate in these uncertain Doesn't times. Doesn't it drive you fucking crazy? But I'm also I don't have a better workaround. Like I, I don't. I, like, I don't have one. Every just, time I email somebody to get them on the podcast, I'm like, hey, hope you're doing well. Like in like, And I'm like, <laughs> as well as you can be. I'm like, nobody's doing well. Yeah, it's become the new circling back. You just, I'm saying, I I've, sound I've, like I've, a fucking I've landed on, idiot. I hope this email finds you and yours safe and healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like. That's where I landed. I go, I'm not saying uncertain times. I say, I hope you're well or well enough. And then sometimes I even like go like further off the edge. I'm just like, or whatever, who knows? <laughs> Jeff's like, I hope not too many people have died around you. Yeah. Yo, I mean, it's not funny, but it's fucking hilarious. Jeff finishes his emails by saying, good luck. Yeah, I just put a sad face and then I put- Like the emails <laughs> are ending now with say, stay safe, stay healthy. Now for real. I put, the, I put the sad face with the with the X'd out eyes and then that's, that's my signature. <laughs> Yo, this is what our lives have become, yo. Who would have fucking thunk it? Not not me. Not yeah. me. But here we are. Guys, Marsh, we love you. you. Take care of yourself. Stay safe and be well in these uncertain times. Love you. Bye, Blazer. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and now, Jeff, let's call out to Long Island to get on the phone with our friend, Rich Kleiman. Hello? Rich! What up? What's up, Rosenthal's? What's happening? How are you? 
I'm good, guys. How are you? How are you guys holding up? We're doing all right. We're, you know, still here on the Upper West Side. You have decamped to uh, the Hamptons. Oh, I didn't even realize. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't You didn't feel Rich's presence gone from these Upper West Side streets? Yeah, I didn't see, on, uh, I didn't see you outside <laughs> of Fairway. Yeah, exactly. I would have been there. Uh, Rich, are you... Uh, are you stretching out? Are you making your way around the the roads out there? How has uh, how has not city living been? Um, it's been. I'm fortunate, you know. Like I obviously, this is like a blessing to be able to come out here. Um, so we get outside, drive around. I go to the store a lot, a lot of different trips to the different supermarkets of the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Costco trips, a lot of hardware trips. Hardware. Are you are you Art. building anything? No, I got a we got a lawn blower. Um, we got a, a leaf blower. I mean, get the yeah. up. Yeah, up. I was like, I don't know what a lawn blower is. <laughs> yeah, lawn blower would be. <laughs> Rich sounds like a real New York City kid, you know. Yeah, it doesn't know what a lawn mower is. <laughs> oh, leaf blower. I had to up my game. Um, and uh, we think that's about it. Yeah, that's really about it. Well, uh, first of all, congratulations on. Uh, a whole string of documentaries, actually. I feel like the the Stefan Marbury one had just happened, and all of a sudden you're back on Showtime, and you have a, a new documentary uh, coming out this Friday. Can you tell us about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're, it's it's been a it's been an interesting time because obviously there are very few blessings that you can get out of this time period, um, and it's a scary time in our world, but. From a professional standpoint, had a lot of content that was lined up to come out during this time frame. So, you know, the Barbary film, as you said earlier on in quarantine, was on Amazon Prime and on iTunes. We had Q-Ball, which had been out for a period of time already that was living on Netflix and ended up getting a bigger audience than it had ever gotten before um, and ended out for a year. And then the release of Basketball County on May 15th, you know, I think if there is any blessing professionally, it's that we have an opportunity to show the work that we've done and something that's really important to us, especially to us, that we have a bigger audience um, and more people that are available to watch and tune in that may not have passed. Um, you know, it's, I think the, the unfortunate part is we really had some incredible ideas of what we wanted to do in PG County to premiere the film and the things Kevin wanted to do back home and hopefully one day we can do that but we're going to try to do some cool creative things Friday to bring as much attention as possible so you know we've been keeping busy and then the boardroom is something that we've created a platform where we can create and tell stories and give our own point of view on the sports business on a constant basis by being able to do that we've been able to stay very busy um, so you know we're one of those few professions that are not affected too much by this time period similar to you guys i think it's a really uh great thing to have so many things in the can and have so many people you know willing to consume so much content all at once and so this this seems like even though there is all that that heaviness outside it's nice to have something on the inside um you are no stranger as we know to uh making documentaries and uh we want to talk a little bit about one of our favorites, which is Fade to Black. Um, when you think about that, and that's something like 17 years ago, what is your fondest memory from making uh, and actually like getting in the editing process and, and you know shooting and being behind the scenes on something like Fade to Black? That's crazy that that's 17 years ago. I know the, um, 
I know that we premiered it in November of 2004, and the night of the premiere was also the night that Puffy threw a birthday party for himself. <laughs> so that was his 35th birthday party. I think that it makes sense. So it was Man. his 35th birthday party at Cipriani downtown uh, on Wall Street, and our premiere was at the Zigfield. Yep. Um, I'll never forget that because it was like, you know, for me, just similar to you guys, just loving every bit of the energy of the music business and hip hop and the New York City um, labels that coming out in the 90s and early 2000s to be able to like have this night at that point in my life culminate in being at this premiere for a film I was able to be part of with Jay-Z and then to like be able to even go in and enter the birthday party and like be allowed in at that point. <laughs> um, it was like one of those like incredible nights. But um, I, I was just so blessed. Like looking back at that time, it was such a gift to be associated with that project. It ended up leading to so many things for me. I learned so much from it, uh, met so many people, really started to like see the kind of the, the hole open up a bit on the line of scrimmage for like what my career could look like, you know, and it was just like a moment I felt some validation for like the hustling I had done and, and trying to get in any door and be around anybody that I could um, learn from and to be able to like sit in rooms with Jay-Z at that point in my life and be a part of putting this film together that I know so many people really feel special about like looking back at that time it was incredible yeah yeah i mean like it's a it's a much different path than you setting up a restaurant i guess oh, man. <laughs> yeah the restaurant business the restaurant business for me i realized now i didn't really want to put any work in i didn't know anything i just wanted to own a restaurant sure. and i kept calling it like i want to be in a restaurant business do you guys remember the name from the last pod that i oh told my you? god i know that it was like something like fish related or like a like a um something like nautical right not close i mean not really close but i could see what you there level nah there was two of them so the oh. first one was stravaganza <laughs> and there was, it was i like dropped the ex and i was just calling it stravaganza and i made t-shirts I made t-shirts. The second I came up with that name, I was like, I jetted downtown to this print shop on 38th Street and 12th Avenue, and I made extravaganza t-shirt. Wait, does that mean and that you're extravaganza? <laughs> I, I dropped the X, man. Yeah, but now you was, are formerly extravaganza. 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 <laughs> and then... Um, and then Element. That's the oh, one. That Element. Element. <laughs> Element was when I went to this. Um, I went to this program. It was the NYRS. It was the New York Restaurant School. Yeah. But I don't even know what I was doing. I was going to this building on Barrack Street. And I would go into. Um, I would go in from like 8 to 12. with All these guys that like wanted to be chefs or sommeliers or restaurant managers and i took this like class and got all these different uh certifications <laughs> like, oh my god it's so crazy to think about and then, yeah but rich you're still that guy when you go to costco you know i am still that guy <laughs> for a, a lawn blower um, <laughs> but the element was like my i still have that entire presentation like every time i've moved 
I'm just about to like throw every last thing away because I'm crazy OCD and I'm like, nah, I can't throw away the element binder. And no, I have you, the. You uh, have to frame it. You have to put it up in your office. Yeah, put up. It's a frame binder. every. It's you know, frame binder. every single page. <laughs> I'm going to frame every page. Uh, I'll have it hang off the ground so you can like interact with it. And oh, yeah, yeah. oh, wow. Like a, like a children's museum. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's but a fantastic idea. Element was like. Element was kind of modeled after you guys probably you guys were uptown you didn't go downtown clubbing it in the late 90s but element was like modeled after all these places in the city that were like restaurants until 11 o'clock yeah like angelo maxi's and lemon and maybe you did go to these things no i I didn't but i went to i went to boston and they had that sort of model um yeah. up there yeah exactly. rich went to boston too jeff yeah, remember, well i mean yeah. i remember that rich did go to boston <laughs> and then rich didn't I go did. to boston yeah <laughs> yeah that's right rich uh we've we've spoken to you know 140 something people over the last two months and and a lot of them uh live in the entertainment world and we've been talking about the changes that we are seeing now and that we're predicting for the next year and a half and when it comes to um, film production and TV sets. Um, we can't imagine that anything is going to be uh, back to quote unquote normal anytime soon. Uh, you know, thinking about like all the people who are staffed on a set, all the people who are involved in in you know uh, acting and uh, you know directing and cinematographers and lighting and even down to like craft services, gaffers, gaffers, um, lawn blowers. That's right. And, and I think yeah. that uh, people have to sort of understand that there's a new normal about and and that comes, you know, for production and um, editing and and even imagining what comes next uh, for us, for anybody else who is a creative out there. I think we all have to sort of reimagine what the future looks like. What are you thinking about as somebody who is a a, a television and film producer? Uh, well, yeah, I mean. You're 100% right. I think that, like, what I try to do, though, is not really try to look too far in the future or overthink, um, like, what won't be available to us in the future and, like, what has been impacted and what is the everlasting effect. Because I think if all we're asked two, three months ago to even dare think that we'd be in the position we're in now, it was unimaginable, unimaginable. So similarly, it's unimaginable right now to think that we could be on a set or, you know, on location somewhere or shooting somewhere, but you know, I'm optimistic. And I think that yes, things will change because it always changes with time. And especially during something like this, that's unprecedented, but at the same time, we'll all adjust and we will speed up maybe the use of technology in certain ways that was slowly being introduced and and some things will become safer and some people will become more confident and comfortable and things will take on a different um like different format and how things are made but it's not going to feel so crazy because it's not like you're going to get a statement overnight and be like, this is how films are made now. Like this right. is how TV is made. I was just adjusting just like, you know, the boardroom, I look up three months later and, you know, I'm on a company call every morning going through editorial. And like in three months, we've added different verticals. We've removed other things. We course corrected a bit and it felt very seamless and normal. It didn't feel like we were like, Oh my God, code red. Like, what do we do now? You know what I mean? And in terms of, the documentary like we were on zoom calls going through edits and cuts and it's just fluid and you just adjust to it now there are some things that 
are going to be hard and we can't wrap our head around it right now. Like we're shooting a series in Richmond, Virginia called Swagger uh, on Apple and it's on location. Fortunately, I don't have to make that decision. Um, you know, there's partners involved for me on that. But yeah, how does that happen? How do you do it? But no different than like, how do my kids go back to school? And you know, they will go back to school. So it's just like, we'll figure it out. And that's kind of like my perspective on it. And I'm flexible and nimble. And, and you know, I think the part about cre- creators is that like, we've got to create within the environments of what we're given. And you know, this is like the environment we're now, just like you guys probably weren't planning on speaking to 140 people in two months. No, we were I was, <laughs> yeah. this, this was always well, my plan. <laughs> yeah. And I was always like, I'm going to hold rich for towards uh, the middle. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. put Rich in the middle. We'll start off talking about Element. And, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm going to be able to do all that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it. like, I, I agree with you in that, like, you can't sort of have this sort of fear-based mentality in, term, in, in how you create ideas. Um, but it is an interesting thing to think about in terms of the actual process of making it. But, like, you have to have the idea first. Yeah. You know, I think um, how far along is Swagger uh, in filming? Um, they've shot a good portion of, um, they've shot a lot, you know, like I, I think, you know, when you do series like that, um, you're not shooting chronological all the time. Yeah. So you know, I don't know how to gauge it, like in terms of like episodes or anything, but, uh, cause I don't want to, you know, I try not to over talk about things that I'm not. Uh, completely involved in because I know how I'd feel if someone was like, nah, the boardroom don't do that. They do it this way. And I'd be like, no, you don't really know. (laughs) So in this case, it's like, I'm obviously abreast of everything that's going on, but I don't want to misrepresent exactly what's been shot and has it, but like, you know, a good portion of the show. So yeah, I also did um, not know that it was a show. I thought that it was a documentary. So there's yeah, that. there you go. Yeah. Scripted series. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about something that you do have your hands all the way in, which is uh, Thirty Five Ventures new headquarters in Manhattan. Um, that was uh, and is a real thing, correct? Yeah. yeah and what very- happens now that uh, no one's you know using it? Well, it's it's kind of like um, it's it's the one thing uh, in our life. I guess from our work wise to just stop, which was like, we were truly at like the one yard line on yeah. this dream project we were building for us, uh, for our headquarters. And, um, it'll still happen. You know, we're, we've been stuck at the one yard line now for two and a half months, but you know, that's nothing compared to what unfortunately so many people are dealing with. So like, it is what it is. And whenever construction is starting again in the city, we'll go back in and finish it up. And then, I won't have anyone in there this summer. I think it's like safe to say that when you're a small group as we are, it's like 15 or 16 of us in general. It's no point in me trying to like figure out like how I'm going to transition into an office when we don't have to right now. Like we're all very comfortable in this format and we'll figure it out in the fall, but it'll be a part of our future for sure. You know, and we have fairly big space and there's a lot of outdoor space with our new offices and, like I said, there's only 15 of us, and then we're not hiring that aggressively right now anymore. So uh, we'll be able to be safely in there when it's time. But again, it's like what you said about 
filming and and um and production it's like yeah part of me sometimes is like damn am i even gonna use like when are we using this office like i don't even know when we're gonna use it yeah but we will you know we will and we'll be back in there and it, it will figure itself out and whenever that is we'll we'll enjoy it and I'll yeah maybe you maybe going. you turn the building into like a paintball uh you know court or whatever you know yeah. safe distancing um yeah that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea, but it kind of is. <laughs> no, it, all I'm saying is, Jeff, put together a binder and yeah. present it to Rich, and yeah, then see yes. if this if this uh, works out. Rich, uh, the guns. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, you're somebody who who like us loves sports, but you you really love sports. Um, has uh you know every league shutting down uh left a big crater in in your life, and and how do you fill that? Um. <laughs> it has left a crater in my life um and i miss it and i miss the idea of like watching the nba playoffs it's just the best every part of it is the best um, but i'm just like there's i've been consumed with content 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 old youtube clips of games watching the last dance obviously oh, yeah, watching- of course Considering the last dance, do you have any feelings on those late '90s Knicks and and where that uh, you know sits in your heart? Uh, I do, um, but not bad feelings. Like only good feelings. When I'm watching it, I think just about how exciting that time was. How I used to like wake up in the morning, like it was game day, and didn't think about anything else for nine, ten hours until the game started. Um, and even though obviously they didn't beat the Bulls any of those years and get through, except for the year Mike wasn't playing it still was like the best memories ever. Like it just represented an incredible time period and like our generation's life. So just to be around, um, like just be able to watch it again and see the access that they had and the kind of things that you don't get to see that we didn't get to see back then, but you see all the time now from athletes that we kind of maybe take for granted. It's just incredible to watch it again. Um, do you remember the first time you met Mike? I really only, uh, yeah. Because it wasn't that long ago, uh, <laughs> I went to. Um, I met him at Toronto All Star Game, um, and then I met him in the Hamptons once. I ended up at this like party that they put me in in certain area of the party, and he was at. I'm sure he doesn't remember it, or he probably <laughs> has no idea who I am. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but it's the kind of thing where like, I well. I, it, it makes no difference because like just like being a fan of Michael Jordan is like you met him you miss like meeting God like I don't know like it was incredible but like everything about it was incredible to me like I just feel like Michael Jordan has this like odd lifetime pass from people I'm not saying that like he did anything or or that deserved a pass or passing judgment anyway I'm just saying that like Michael Jordan if you have the feeling that I feel about him just is representative of just dopeness. And like, I just like love every bit about it. Like even when he would beat the Knicks, like in the next round, I'd root for him, you know, like, just like if you feel that way about Michael Jordan, how do you feel about Charles Smith? You know, I was watching that footage back the other day to try to see if he was fouled. Yeah. Looking <laughs> very closely at it. And I like, he was fouled today. I think they would have called a foul. But remember, there's also like seven seconds left. So like you're not calling a foul during that time. Plus, like there's no clear uh, there's no clear contact like on his on his arm when he's going up with it. And it's just 
You know, it's just one of those things, man. But for me, I don't even think they should have made the trade to get him. You know, oh, like yeah. they, they traded Mark Jackson after Pat Riley's first year to get Charles Smith and Doc Rivers. And, you know, that's how I look at it. You know, because I'm like, man, you shouldn't have even made the trade. Because I yeah. always felt like that team with Mark Jackson, um, had they kept him on, and uh, they had Xavier McDaniel that year. Yep. He didn't really go on to do much in Boston, but, like, who knows if it would have been the same if he had stayed in New York for a year or two. I just love that team. Yeah. Well, uh, Rich, and then, wait, Mark Jackson, then he went over to the, the Pacers. Yeah. Oh, man. And he I went to the, the Pacers. Clippers. He went Knicks to Clippers, yep. Clippers to Pacers, yep. Pacers to Nuggets, yep. Nuggets <laughs> back to Pacers, <laughs> and then Pacers to Toronto in Toronto, free agency. Yeah. Then Toronto traded to the Knicks, then the Knicks again for another year, and then... Are you looking he, at his Wikipedia page? <laughs> I don't even have to. Then he played with Utah. He backed up John Stockton for an entire year, played all 82 What's games. What's his social Utah? security number? 065. <laughs> Yo, Rich, Rich, before we let you go, uh, how's your family been doing through this? How are you doing with uh, with Zoom schooling? And uh, and then if you could just tell us how Kevin is doing these days. Uh, obviously, uh, he was in the news uh, having uh, been somewhere in the vicinity of, of the virus. And uh, how is he doing today? He's fine. Um, thanks for asking. He's healthy. Uh, my family, all healthy. Thankfully, my kids healthy and our kids that are, you know, I'm enjoying being around them and having this much family time. Uh, homeschooling, I'd be lying if I say that I get in the weeds. I'm very lucky that <laughs> my wife gets in the weeds of that, but I've printed a, a, a ton of documents for them. Okay. Oh, set up the wireless printer which was a pretty big thing for me <laughs> congratulations uh, wait what was the what was the biggest struggle with that uh well the biggest struggle for me was i just i just don't like reading directions in general <laughs> just um, like printing them out putting them on the wall <laughs> yeah exactly i just want to stick them on the wall and follow them just following them was a problem but um uh, that was a big moment for me getting the two ink cartridges in loading the paper um, then they give you a random pin number to scan things that yeah. threw me off for a second. But once I, once I got back on board with that, I understood everything. And then, you know, it's been smooth printing from then. <laughs> Rich, you are the greatest. Thanks for everything. Uh, we're sending love to you and yours. Uh, stay inside, stay careful and stay creative. And, uh, and we'll be checking in. All right. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. You too. Shout out to Rich Kleiman. Shout out to Marsha St. Hubert. And shout out to Jim Jones. Jeff, are we back tomorrow? We are back every day forever. As always, guys. Now for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Brrrat.